Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the documentary, Who We Are, a Chronicle of Racism in America, ACLU Deputy Legal Director Jeffrey Robinson's groundbreaking talk on the history of U.S. anti-Black racism is interwoven with archival footage, interviews, and Robinson's story, exploring the enduring legacy of white supremacy and our collective responsibility to overcome it. We're joined today by the aforementioned Jeffrey Robinson, ACLU Deputy Legal Director, as well as the co-directors, co-producers, and co-editors of the film, and that would be Emily and Sarah Kunstler. You would know them from uh, their previous work, uh, William Kunstler, Disturbing the Universe, a shortlisted uh, Academy Award-considered documentary back in 2009. And uh, Jeffrey is also the producer and writer of the film. To all of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you all. Jeffrey, how did the idea, how, what inspired the documentary, this particular documentary? Because it's a part of a bigger project, which is the Who We Are project. But how did this part of this endeavor become, uh, become a reality? I had been giving uh, a talk on the history of racism in America for some time. And in 2017, I gave one of these talks in New York and... Sarah was in the audience, and Sarah's a criminal defense lawyer in New York, and she and Emily contacted me very soon after that and said uh, that they would like to make a documentary film of the talk, and I had never had any thoughts about that whatsoever. This was just a talk that I was giving that I thought had important information, and Uh, I knew who Sarah and Emily were from their last name. I have other criminal defense lawyer friends in the New York area who knew Sarah, and that was a big help in terms of trusting them because, you know, I'd never met them before. I didn't know anything about their work until I started to research that. And uh, I found a lot of the stuff they did was completely in sync with things I believed in and Uh, I still thought it was kind of a joke, but about 14 months later, on Juneteenth of 2018, we were filming one of my talks in Town Hall Theater in New York in front of a packed house, and for the next three years, we went around the country, and this documentary came to life. Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about this. The 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 lecture, the talk that you gave sort of is the the bedrock of the understanding of what we're what you what this film is about. And then it's as you said, it's interwoven with your own personal sort of journey to these different locations and to different to talking with these different people. Um I'll start with you, Sarah, in terms of just the what you and Emily were thinking about in terms of what you were hoping to accomplish with the film at the beginning, and if anything, did it change over the course of making the film? In the first time I heard Jeffrey speak, um, I, I it changed my life, right? I mean, Jeff is, he's such a dynamic storyteller, um, but, you know, most of all, he's so generous. He invites 
you know, Americans of all races to kind of to look at the history of racism in America, the history of white supremacy and slavery, and the fact that we don't know this history as a crime that's been perpetrated on all of us, right? On this erasure that's that's to all of our detriment. You know, the first thing that uh, Emily and I wanted to do was just create a document, right? Just to 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 film the best version of his talk for posterity, to, to find a way to transmit um, a bit of what we had experienced to a larger audience. And, um, and so as we continued, that goal became bigger because we realized it wasn't just a document, it was a film, it was a work of art, it was a political work of art that, uh, that, that needed to be transcendent and emotional and convey Jeffrey's power not just as a document of the presentation, but as something that went into the lived experience of Black Americans in the world. So it moved from being a, a document of a presentation in, into a film. Emily, in terms of your baseline understanding of what Jeffrey Robinson covers in his talk, what jumped out at you? Um, a lot of it, a lot of it jumped out at me. And, and, you know, and that's, that's was surprising. I wish more of it hadn't, you know, Sarah and I had sort of a, a unique anti-racist upbringing. Um, and we thought we knew a lot more than we did until we saw Jeff's presentation. And there, and there were things that shocked me, that horrified me. I, I remember the first time I saw the presentation, the image of that badge, the, the, the uh, slave patrol badge, um, and how much it, it looked like um, a sheriff's badge, and how Jeffrey told told about um, slave patrols as the predecessors for for police departments, particularly in the South, um, and how horrifying that was. You you understand? I I know a little bit about the relationship between the police and Black and Brown people today, but to see it in that historic historical light was really um, was really disturbing. But there was there was so much to it uh, that was that was surprising and shocking to us. I'm old enough to have lived through the 60s and and so and certainly Martin Luther King and his work to try and bridge this racial divide and I and I remember thinking back then well you know this is something that was mostly it was in the south you know and we fought the civil war and I guess my limited understanding of just how pervasive racism was and is in this country has been a gradual unfolding for me and to the point now where when people say the things that I just said a, a minute ago it's ridiculous and and it and it's just such a damning indictment of our educational system and of our society that we don't even acknowledge it and Jeffrey this is something of this uh, or who we are this this project that you that you're a part of that you you've started it's been something that's been on my mind recently and that is the lack of acknowledgement I've been on this idea I've shared with others, the acknowledgement project, and this is what you're doing. If we can't acknowledge that in 1619, this happened, and from there, all of these other things have unfolded, how are we ever going to get past all of this? Well, what I would say is that uh, without a reckoning, yeah. we will never solve this problem. Sarah and Emily's reaction to things that were in my talk, uh, was the same reaction that I had as I learned those yeah. things. And I knew I, I knew a lot before I started on this journey, but I didn't know half of what I thought. And 
Uh, I was born in 1956, so I was 11 when King was assassinated. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so we heard the sirens uh, at our fire station go off at about 6 p.m., a little bit after that on April 4th of 1968. So we, I, I have no excuse for not knowing the things that I started to find out in my 50s, and I was very angry at myself. And I was angry because I thought, look at how I grew up. Look where I grew up. Look at the era I grew up in. How could I not know all of these things? I was never taught these things. And I had one of the best educations in America. So this is uh, a history that has been hidden. It's been hidden deliberately because it does not mesh with the image that we want to have about who we are as Americans. But it's hidden in plain sight. And so we don't have an excuse for not reckoning with it anymore. And we are at what I believe is perhaps the last tipping point in America when it comes to racial justice. And we've been here before, at least three times before. And if we don't roll forward this time, if we fall back this time, there are already economists that are saying it's going to take more than a century for black Americans to get to where white Americans are today if nothing else is done. And of course, white Americans will have moved on. So if we don't fix it this time, I don't know what we're rolling back to. I want to point people to, to the website, uh, the, the whoweareproject.org. And for from there, there are a host of ways in which you can either watch the film. You, there's a, a whole lot of information there. Uh, Jeff, is there anything that in particular, once people go to the whoweareproject.org website to start, to sort of begin to, to, uh, to, to go through that? I think that the website right now is mostly about the film and and so the, the website is about that right now but there's lots of information that people can follow up on to get more information about these topics there on the website and my uh, assistant and i a woman named andrea crabtree who has been my assistant for 19 years when i was a criminal defense lawyer and then at the aclu as a deputy legal director and she and I are leaving our jobs at the ACLU at the end of March, and we are starting full-time at the Who We Are Project on April 1st. We are developing study guides that can be used with the film and with the talk that I give. We're going to be working with experts on curricula for schools, and our, our approach is going to be education in America in three separate buckets. One is our school system, and the importance of that is obvious. One is the community at large, because there are people like you and me who think we know a lot and we don't. And, and our community at large needs to be educated. And the third bucket is government entities and corporations, because the work that could be done in those two arenas those two arenas have a lot of power in America, and they can accomplish a lot of great things if it becomes a priority. Sarah and, and Emily, I want to bring you back in the conversation in terms of, uh, and I'll, once again, racism 
and it's not just racism in the sense of uh, an inner the interactions between two people it's the institutional racism it's the cultural racism it's the and i look at our institutions i look at banking it's been the redlining our school system our criminal justice system the the legislative system the pillars of our society are steeped in in racist um, policies, racist mentality, race. It is hard now. I can't not see it, and I, I think that's I think that's progress. But it's depressing, and 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 infuriating. Um, Emily, uh, am I am I crazy or what? No, it's. I mean, it's it's totally infuriating. Um, but there still are a lot of Americans who can't see it, um, or who won't see it, for for whatever reason. Um, uh, the, we made this film um, with the thought that we had to under, understand our history in order to make different choices so that we could this push the country to live up to its own expectations. So, so, so that's the hope. The hope is, is that other viewers like us will walk out of the theater or turn their television off and be a different person than they were when they started watching this film. Um, and with, with armed with this knowledge, being able to talk about these issues uh, with a different vocabulary, um, being able to look at the world around them in a different way. I mean, there's there's a scene in the film where uh, uh, Je Jeff visits um, uh, what's called the Old Slave Mart Museum. It was a, a place where enslaved people uh, were were sold um, in in South Carolina. Uh, Ista Clark, who was our tour guide, talked about um, the bricks and how the city was built by the hands of enslaved people. Um, and the image of those bricks, you can't, you can't walk around the city in the South and not see the markers, the fingerprints, the, you know, this, these stories that are, that are begging out to be told, you know, um, walking around New York now is very different now that we learned about the history of slavery here. It's just, uh, so we're hoping that the film will start that dialogue, will get people to look at the world a little differently, and will make people question the institutions around them and make different choices. Sarah, anything to add? I think what Emily said is beautiful. I mean, I think it's 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 true, right? It's uh, you know, I this this is a hard reckoning. Jeff said it too, right? But uh, our you know our collective understanding of of race and racial equity in this country is not going to change unless we re-educate re ourselves about American history, right? And yeah. and that's what this film um, asks of us. That's what we're trying to do with this film, and that's what this film asks of our audience. As we speak today is the beginning of the, the trial on, uh, involving the police officer who kneeled on the neck of George Floyd until he died. So we are entering into another opportunity for people to be educated, and it will coincide with the premiere of this film at, at South by Southwest. Um, and I'm so I'm so hopeful that it it does. You know, we just went through. A very tumultuous period of time with the presidency of Donald Trump, his brand was racism, and the tumult that that it took to remove him from office, his continuing hectoring of race, and also of using it as leverage to find a way back into power, is an, uh, once again another testament to just where we are for a lot of Americans, where we are in terms of of this. But I will also add that last year during the um, during the demonstrations, the Black Lives Black Lives Matter demonstrations, I saw a thousand people 
turnout in the whitest part of Orange County, California, that you can name a thousand people standing on the streets of Orange County who were who who were upset and angry at what was going on in the country, mostly young people, but it was something of a, a sea change in, in terms of my lifetime, in terms of my experience in this area. So there are there are, we're still being pulled in we are will be pulled in many many directions over this and but this is such a powerful film it is so well done in terms of laying out the history and then your personal experience as Jeffrey Robinson as we as we see you go around the country as this um as as someone who is pointing to these things that are so horrific and so obvious and uh, I'm so grateful for that I will say that uh Sarah and Emily are I don't have the adjective for the kind of filmmakers they are. And all you have to do is look at this film, look at Disturbing the Universe, and, and you'll understand that. And quite frankly, to look at their uh, non-commercial work, work that has been done for people who are living the impact of racism in their lives as they are in prison or facing execution. Yeah. The quality of their work is, is uh, fantastic. I think that the thing that I would say is it's, it's a uh, cautionary note and an optimistic note. You are right. George Floyd's murder has galvanized America and, and we are again at a tipping point. You know, we recorded this presentation on Juneteenth of 2018. And the message then was America is at a tipping point. And we are still at that tipping point three years later. It is not yet determined which way it's going to go. And the cautionary note is we've been here before. People may think this is unique in American history, the last 18 months we've experienced, but it's not. What's unique is cell phones and surveillance cameras so that people have to watch it. This is nothing new in terms of the kind of racism that gone, has gone on in America. So that's the cautionary tone. We've been here before and we have always rolled back. The optimistic note is that it's action that causes hope, not the other way around. And so you talk about a thousand people showing up in Orange County, most of them young, but on the street. That didn't happen in 1968, I guarantee you it didn't. And so that's something different. And that's action that people are taking. And there are demonstrations that have gone on around the country where people from all different races are demonstrating together in some of the most diverse crowds you will ever see in America. That didn't happen in the 60s. The anti-Vietnam War protest had some people of color, but they were mostly white. And the civil rights protest had some white people, but they were mostly black. That's different. And so it's action that I see that causes me to have hope that this time we're actually going to do something different. And, you know, I guess that's left to us. So at some point in the future, folks will be looking back at us <clears throat> and judging us on what we did in this moment. So I know what I'm going to try and do. Thank you. Thank you for that. The The film, again, is called Who We Are, A Chronicle of Racism in America. 
And we have been joined today by the producer and writer, as well as the subject of the film, Jeffrey Robinson, co-producer, co-directors, and co-editors of the film. And that would be Emily Kunstler and Sarah Kunstler. To, to all of you, thank you so very much for this film. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so we much. Appreciate for the opportunity. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.